Bioshock starts like any good action game. In the fields of a battlefield. <laughs> Not quite. In a haunted house? Warmer. My bedroom. <laughs> no. No, not at all. The game starts on a plane, Harrison. A ah, plane. A plane. I was close. It's all them. good. I suppose some things start on a plane. And yeah. from there, our character Jack talks about his family a little bit. Oh, uh -huh. really nice. He's got a so little nice. gift from him. Then boom! Plane goes down. Shit. Bad times. Shit. Bad, Bad times. times. You swim through a bit of wreckage, make your way to an ominous lighthouse, step into a bathy sphere, and descend. Rapture. Welcome, my splicer fellow, to Grief Burrito. I'm your bouncer, Big Daddy host, Jordan Shenton. And I am your vulnerable little sister, Harrison Wilde. <laughs> I love the freedom I get when I get to write the intros. Yes, you bitch. <laughs> so good. Welcome to another episode of Alphabratic Burrito Classic, Mr. Muck, because I really wanted to say Muck Classic. Yes, In this yes. show, we go from A to Z looking at games voted on by you and saying whether they're a classic or... Asic. Not good. Ter Terrifalasic. On today's episode, we are diving into the critically acclaimed IP60 rated Bioshock. Jordan, would you kindly, in your best voice, describe to me with the biggest effort you can a brief rundown of Bioshock. That was a surprisingly good Irish accent. Thank you. Surprisingly good. I work with a lot of Irish people. So. Okay, I, sure. I'm self-employed and I work, work alone. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> Our intrepid adventurer, Jack, is taking a flight on a plane. When shock <laughs> horror, it plummets into the ocean. Splash. You're okay. Yeah, you just like you shocked me. <laughs> I was expecting like 1950s like calm TV voice and it was just like, my ears. <laughs> His brief swim leads him down into the watery depths where he encounters inhuman splices, bleeping robots, hulking genetically modified monsters, and terrifying little girls. Goils. With a wrench in one hand, the powers of Zeus, Hephaestus, and a horde of incredibly pissed bees in the other, can Jack survive his almost certain burial at sea? Nice callback there. For anyone who's played the rest of the games will know exactly what Jordan just punned out all over the was. Find out in this episode of Grief Burrito. And would you kindly subscribe? I... <laughs> nice. I love the old-timey voice that we're going to use for that. Okay. I can't wait! <laughs> Bioshock, I feel, Harrison, mm -hmm, Mr. Mm -hmm. Wild, wildest yeah. of the Harrisons. That's my father. Is best <laughs> described as an action horror game. Mm -hmm. And I think the intro to the game really shows that. 
It does. So, it has a lot of themes. It has a lot, a lot of themes, and it's a game about choice down at its core. It's about you can be a man, you can be a monster. It's about a man chooses, a slave obeys. There's a constant plot line right up to the final scene, the final cutscene, which I won't say obviously now in the intro in case people haven't played it yet, where Jack even gives a choice to the others around him that happens right at the end. I can't say too much because I don't want to spoil it right in the first intro, but you know what I mean. Anyone who played it, you know what I mean. Um, I, I have big thoughts on the intro and I have like huge memories of playing that intro section. And it's, you said it's an action game. But even yeah. though it's action-packed, that first scene feels really lonely because as soon as you've crashed, there is no other survivors from that plane crash. And it's just you in like the Atlantic Ocean in the pitch black with just the fire and the plane sinking and just that creepy lighthouse. And it's just like unconscious connections to... It makes me think of Lovecraft for some reason. Yeah. it's like I, the, I completely the, get you. Water. Like, yeah, it's the water and like the <laughs> dread below. Like you know that you're going to end up going below this sea because this lighthouse is just one thing. So you know it's going to go underneath, and it's like all this horror that's lying below that you don't know about yet. But yeah. the bathosphere scene, Jordan, the bathosphere intro, when Ra when Andrew Ryan's talking about rapture, the violins swell, and then it goes. I even wrote that in the notes. You can see it right there. <laughs> just, just to remind myself of that rhythm and the violins. And, uh, and I hope you add that intro section on the video for anyone watching on YouTube because it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yes. What was your first time like playing it? Do you have any memories of the, your first instance? So I'll take you back to before I got it because I've been seeing this okay. game within the game shop game because for some reason, game. Aaron uh, Nine Rain. When we were talking to him, he didn't realize that the game shop in the UK, our main predominant one is just called Game. Yeah. Game. And I found out recently that Poundland to Americans must sound really funny because they don't use pounds. So it just sounds like a sex shop. Yeah. <laughs> it does. I'm going down to Poundland tonight. <laughs> I'm going to take it down to Poundland. He's like, oh, 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 I see. Yeah. Discount better crisps. Do, better do some stretches and warm up. We're going to Poundland. Exactly. Pound stretcher. Whoa. Um, this is a family <laughs> show, Jordan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. So I used to go into game all the time. And this mm -hmm. one, or I'd, every time I walked past, I'd go in. And before I played this, it was always like five pounds. Yeah, which it was the always reduced. You'd see a game apart from like two worlds because mm -hmm. that game was like a quid. Yeah, but yeah it was. Yeah. It was always a fiver. And it always gave me this like reminder of, do you remember the game Motherload? Like the Flash game? I never played that. No, no. It's like a, you like you drill through the ground with like a mining thing, and you got to pick up ore. Mm. Then you take it back, and you, it's one of those games where you upgrade yourself, get more money, and then go do further. Let's go further. You know? Ah, okay. Yeah, it's just one of those. But because the big daddy on the front had the drill, that's what I thought it'd be, and I never thought it'd become like it was this critically acclaimed amazing thing because this was before I had access, like, or the idea to Google shit constantly on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even think I'd Googled around... anything by that point. But never, not once. Never, never even Googled. Now I'm Googling myself all day. <laughs> and shooting Googs left, right, and center. <laughs> shooting hot, steamy Googs. Yeah. Oh, Lord. So I remember when I went onto it first, I wasn't sure what to yeah. expect. So the intro, just getting onto the main menu is a bit creepy. Like, obviously, moving the menus and stuff makes the, like, little bling, bling, plongs. Little piano plonkies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, 
it just kind of progressively gets more and more depressing. Because even <laughs> when you get into the game and you go down in the bathosphere, you mm -hmm. get this like really cool shot of rapture, which yeah, is this, it it's meant to be this like underwater utopia. And it's Andrew Ryan, as you're going down saying, uh, a man chooses a slave obeys. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea that he doesn't like socialism. He doesn't like the idea of uh, the federal government and he doesn't like the idea of I forgot what the other one was. Just like it uh, he, he, he talks about communist Russia as well. He says about the the yeah. people in America said it should um, belong to the state. The the man in Moscow says it belongs to the people. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? That's what it's exactly. saying. Exactly. No, says so, the man in Moscow. It belongs to everyone. <laughs> no, says the man in the Vatican. It belongs to God. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, so go. he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in. Uh, communism he doesn't believe in it to a i guess he's just a big capitalist really mm -hmm. um so the game does take on those kind of conversations too but it's the going down and you're seeing where his mind's gone for why he's made this underwater kind of arts related um free market situated mm -hmm. everyone can be their own boss kind of thing uh, and then it becomes apparent as you're going into there and the f further you go in that the beauty's only skin deep, which is yes. really interesting. Um, yeah. But it gets even more lonely when you realize that there are people around, but you mm -hmm. never see another sane person till halfway through the game. Yeah. And everyone else who's there is fucking batshit insane. So yeah. even though yeah. there are people around, you feel so isolated. And the only things you get any kind of semblance of kind of friendliness from are these robots you have to force to befriend you. Whoa, yeah, that's uh, that's quite quite a thematic thing, that isn't it? I didn't even think about yeah. that. Wow, yeah, it is. And th the only real connections you try to make outside of that is the tapes that you find, and you listen back yeah. to people either trying to survive what's happening in the city or going mad themselves. And what what yeah. you mentioned then about Andrew Ryan like speaking as you go down, I didn't really think about it like this till just that moment when you spoke about it. That as you're going through his thoughts in his head you're literally spiraling down the madness with him being taken underneath the ocean further and further down <laughs> yeah it's it's a wonderful opening cutscene, and it really does set the scene so powerfully possibly the most powerfully of any game that i've played like it really does hammer it home of what you're going to feel like down there um yeah I, I always remember seeing the cover art with just like we said with the big daddy on the front and I remember seeing the cardboard cutout in also in game. They always had like this big cardboard cutout uh, in the one I used to go to. And same for me, I always found it reduced in a bargain bin and I think that was the first time I got it, it was a, a fiver from the reduced section. But I don't know why it was reduced because it's such a good game. So exactly. Good. It It is constantly at the top of everyone's like 100 games to play. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get into those details later as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. It just amazes me that it took me this long or that long at the time. There's no way I played this in 2007 when it came out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's I can't stress enough how good this is if you've not played it. I know a friend of mine who listens to the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, she's just finished it for the first time and she loved oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, awesome. so really, really good. Oh, I want to stipulate for, the, for this episode, well by the way. I didn't get to finish it. I haven't had time to finish it. Um, but I played a lot of it, and it's so good to go through it again, and Have I will be carrying it in the on. Past? I've, yeah, I've finished it before. I've played it through yeah, twice, I think, in total, and I've played 
the second one. I haven't played the third one yet, which I know is a lot of people's favorite and it does tie up a lot of thematic story notes. So I do want to see a bit more of that. For this episode, yeah. we did, I can see you highlighting it there. We played the remastered version on the PC, didn't we? Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't clicking to get your attention. Yeah. I was clicking because <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying. I was like, huh, nice. <laughs> just like <laughs> clicking back and forth. <laughs> okay. So Bioshock was released in 2007 to Windows and Xbox. Uh, Xbox 360, which was, you know, naming conventions. That's not the, the one classic. from the future. <laughs> uh, and it was later ported to 2003. Uh, it I'm was sp- later. What? <laughs> and it was later ported to the PS3 in late 2008. Uh, it was developed by Irrational Games, yeah. uh, the creators of titles such as SWAT 4 and System Shock 2. Mm-hmm. System Shock 2 was a co effort, but Bioshock is basically the spiritual successor along yeah. with things like Prey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the game saw immense critical acclaim and is being put, like I said before, at the top of nearly every video game publication's top 100 games to play list. So it's yeah. easy to see why everyone absolutely loves this. It's definitely one you shouldn't miss. If you've got the ability to play it, and it with it with the remaster of, of the collection being available on Steam for like, what is it, nine quid? Something, something or 6.99 like you should get it and play it even if you just play the first one it's worth it yeah it's blend of of atmosphere political intrigue and badass powers gave console players something they'd never experienced before most likely before mm-hmm. in this like kind of truly dark and actually lived in underwater world yeah hell yeah i mean this is something that me and uh, me and helen mentioned today uh, i was i was looking for other people's opinions on on the franchise as well and yeah as part of the game itself, it's really quite clever in the way that it works <laughs> in the map of the game. So she mentioned that it feels like you're going mad, that you're walking around these tight tunnels constantly through the map. Like You're always going and you keep thinking, oh, I've come back to the same area and you feel like you're getting lost and you keep forgetting things of where you're going. And it's so clever because it makes you feel like the character like you're actually lost in this city yourself and you start to feel more connected with the world because of that. And I think that because of the age of the game, they obviously couldn't do much of big, you know, open world kind of things. I know we did get open worlds like Skyrim and that kind of thing, but the setting that you're in and of how high quality the visuals are to this game, I think having the city itself set underwater in an enclosed environment really helps thematically because it... It, it forces you to sort of navigate this horrible world and to feel trapped and you feel like the ocean is literally weighing down on top of you as you play it. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the game too, is that one, the city is isolated from the rest of the world, which is obviously mm-hmm. what Andrew Ryan was trying to do. He's trying to separate his world from everyone else's because he yeah. wanted it for himself. Um, then also on top of that, you have this thing of Jack's. this is the first time he's been there and is living through this mm-hmm. and you are sharing that experience with him so everything seems weird because it is weird totally there's weird. nothing normal about this to anyone other than the people that are already down there these people are down there sucking on slugs sucking on slugs <laughs> i do that and i'm a freak i know i'm out in the, I'm out in the back garden laying out lettuce traps <laughs> <laughs> i've got a yes, pen of uh, in with some salt <laughs> That's cruel. Or copper tape. You can use copper tape <laughs> copper as well. Tape. Uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, mentioning the uh, the water around, you know, all weighing down on top of you. 
How do you feel about the sound? Let's talk about some of the sound in the game because that's definitely one of the most prominent features. Yeah, definitely. So with the music to this game, the original score was created by Gary, I want to say Shyman. <laughs> Shyman. Shyman. I'm putting my note, Shyman Lol. Shyman uh, Lol. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably best known for the music of, and Harrison, you're going to have to wait for it. I'm waiting. I won't look at the notes. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. What? Da, 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 da. The, the da, 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 Yeah. And Magnum P.I. What? Yeah. <laughs> and Destroy All Humans and Dante's, Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Yeah, That's man. That's fucking madness. That, yeah, that is actually insane, right? How he wrote that, like, I mean, that's a catchy thing, but it, it <laughs> it's pretty shit, if I'm honest. To write the music <laughs> for Bioshock, that's quite a jump. Yeah, this game came out as a standard edition. So mm -hmm. when, when there was kind of like a bit of backlash when there wasn't anything special about it. So they released another version limited to, I think, a few thousand people, which was a bouncer, Big Daddy style uh, figurine yeah. and i think they were going to do the cd uh for the game and then they released the lp instead i oh, think that's right. how it went i'll i'll check if that's correct and put in a little thing here yeah, like, a little. no i was wrong <laughs> false claims <laughs> exactly uh, yeah. but yeah it, it's genuinely amazing like it all fits really well and it all feels really oppressive and desperate mainly yeah um, it does. so you know the strings welling up and all this kind of jagged music when splices come in, it feels abrupt and it feels mm -hmm. uh, kind of stab like it's stabbing at you and you yeah. feel like you're kind of backed into a corner, which is such an incredible thing to feel in these dark situations that you're in. And then the rest of the, uh, the music in the game was actually licensed 40s, 50s and 60s music with the most oh. notable of all, fittingly, being Somewhere Beyond the Sea by Bobby Darren. Somewhere beyond exactly. the sea. I fucking love that song. And I think when they... Did they use it in the trailer for the second game as well? It was like think so. the water washing up and there was a big daddy toy on the beach and the tide was washing over it. And I think that's how they announced yeah. the second game. That song is wonderful for this. And I think that hearing music from this game is what made a lot of people like our age get into older music again like you see yeah. stuff like swing music is very prominent now like electro swing and i like think caravan it's from, palace like yeah like caravan palace uh like um what are they called can't remember never mind <laughs> they're good though <laughs> i'll put a link um so yeah i think that's why i think this kind of thing brought it into our age group really uh the soundscapes we wanted to bring up as well because it's not always just the music in the games that make this amazing and a lot of it reminds me of the the first quake game it's like these weird swelling it's like water sounds basically because you're underwater so you hear like this oppressive water swelling constantly all around you and even if yeah. it's quiet but it, it it's never quiet in the game it's never silent it can be quiet but it's never silent as far as i remember it's never silent maybe there's a bit where it's like a jump scare right after it but <laughs> other than that it's all spooky, wavy noises, and I like that. And the audio spooky, logs... Spooky, wavy noises. Spooky, wavy noises. Yeah, and I think the audio logs do... Well, it pays a huge dividends for world building. It really does, like... Because, you don't, like you said before, you don't really see anyone else till later on. You encounter the odd person, but it's, it's no huge interaction. You know, there's no yeah. dialogue trees and all that. But the world building through the audio logs is something I really, really love. And the twist towards the end of the game... Are we, are we going to mention that? Are we going to bring that up now 
go for it. Let's yeah. uh, spoilers here. If to be fair though, if you've not played Bioshock by this point, like you yeah, know, fuck you, doing uh, sort your life out, it's, lads. It's Come it came on. out in two thousand and seven, so <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like fifteen years ago. <laughs> it's a long time ago, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, the spoiler is the character that is bringing you through the game, helping you survive horrible situations by the name of Atlas. It turns out that he's actually Frank Fontaine. The whole Who like was in a civil war with Andrew Ryan. Yeah, because he was—is he lower yeah. class? Is that was that the thing? He's the working class. Pretty much, yeah. So, do you actually know who Jack is? Uh, he's J- uh, Ryan's son, right? Yeah, from one of the first audio logs you hear. Mm-hmm. Within yeah. the medical pavilion, you hear his mum. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. Then, that, I mean, that's an insane twist. It really is. Yeah. And you realize that you've been controlled. Up. Yeah, you really quickly. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and uh, it turns out that Atlas has been controlling Jack using a code word, almost like a sleeper agent, which is "Would you kindly?" in a in an Irish accent. "Would you kindly?" makes him do all sorts of manner of things, including yeah, killing Andrew Ryan at one point. Well, Andrew Ryan decides to take his own life when he's confronted by his son. Uh, yes. So says, would you kindly to his own son mm-hmm. to kill him because he'd rather do it himself than let Fontaine have the satisfaction. Yeah. Dark as fuck. Dark as fuck. But why, Jordan? Why did he choose that? Because a man chooses, a slave obeys. Exactly. Exactly. Hell yeah. What However, would you do if I, went, there. if I went, what? I don't <laughs> what? know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh. No, I had faith in you. I knew you'd pull through. There we are. There you are. A man with a Here beard that perfectly groomed always comes through. Love it. <laughs> Why? You, the connotations. Where the ties came through there, no idea. <laughs> Who knows? Just, it's gonna, I'm just going to put it so like, our faces are really close in the video. <laughs> yeah, really looking at you. <laughs> um. Okay, let's talk about some visuals of the game. Because this is something that struck me from, from the, seeing the first... I remember seeing the trailer. I remember seeing the first trailer, which was... Uh, obviously, it was rendered graphics. It wasn't in, in-game engine graphics, but it was still fucking flawless. When you see the water running down and Jack goes through it and you see the big daddy with its big fucking drill hand and he stops it and it goes through his hand. Yep. Oh, I remember seeing that thing and this looks pretty insane. This game has a powerful visual aesthetic. Powerful. It does. It oozes substance. And I think the art direction is probably the strongest of any game I've ever seen. Yeah. At like any game that's trying to be slightly realistic looking, because at the mm-hmm. time it was trying, um, the art direction pulls it through. Because if it was trying to do something else, it definitely would have failed. 100%. Yeah, totally. This, this art style is something that you see again in... What's the game that Ryan from Shark Select loves? Dishonored? Dishonored and Dishonored 2? Yeah. So it's realism, but it's stylized realism because the characters yeah. don't look like real people. Their proportions aren't necessarily in the right proportion. <laughs> I used this word twice. <laughs> They're the proportionally improportionate. You know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So people have got like bigger heads, bigger eyes. Their little sisters have got big creepy eyeballs. They're creepy even when they're normal humans. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a bit odd when you yeah when you ch- when you save them. So you get the choice in the game uh, to get this special substance called Adam, which mm-hmm. is what you use to get plasmids, which are special powers. 
Also, yes. plasmids are the thing that choose your genetic code and change it in real yes. life. That's the yeah. actual thing. And I thought it was yeah. really cool that they used yeah, man. that. They got uh, right those DNA it genes. It not being religious, though, why they call it Adam and Eve, I don't know. There's no symbolism there other than religious connotation. So, yeah. Andrew Ryan, bit of a fucking yeah. lightweight when it comes to following <laughs> through on the no God thing. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, they're, they're really... You get the choice between harvesting or rescuing them mm -hmm. um, based on... There's a doctor called Dr. Tannenbaum who's the reason these kids are the way they are. Blah, blah, blah. Oh Science. God. Summing up. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot. But when when you save them, because they're creepy looking to begin with, they walk around with like fucking needles and just take the atom out of all the people running mm -hmm. around. Um, you, you can either kill them and just take all the atom, or you can save them. And saving them, they look equally horrific. I'll put some images up if you're watching the video. I, I would say They're they look- They're fucking creepy. I'd say they look more horrific. Like, you pick up yeah. this horrible child, and it's like, ah, no, no, and you're like, your hand starts glowing, and you stick it on its head, and it's like, I'll, I don't worry, I'll save you. And it's like, ah, <laughs> just like, throw it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kill it, kill it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's, that, that's yeah. Is it child murder when they're a monster? Because it's only child murder when they become human again, which is, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I... Punt it in. It's not an airlock, is it? It's a water lock. Punt water? them into the water lock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's fine. I mean, I think they're creepier, as I said, as humans. So I think still put them in the water lock. I do... <laughs> Cut that. I do really like um, the, the big daddies. The The encounters with big daddies... And I think it's even from the first one that you see. Again, with the sound, when you hear that noise reverberating down the tunnels, it's so, yeah. so scary. Like, it's it's terrifying. And when you finally see one, you realize how big they are. And every time I had to kill one, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And you can see that on stream. There's, there's videos of me like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to have to try. Yeah. And then he fucking whacks you across. There's also a moment that I, we didn't bring up early on that's right at the start of the game when you've just gone down into the first part of Rapture and you're walking through one of the tunnels that connects two of the areas and the tail section of the plane crashes through the tunnel that you're walking in and it starts yep. to flood with water and you have to walk through this tunnel as water's flowing at you, walk up through the plane wreckage and out, don't you, back into the other side of yeah. the tunnel. That is so cool and the water looks so good and you've got to get through and it, it shuts it off. Ah, good. I loved and it. And you see a Big Daddy outside as well. So Big Daddies are these, for anyone who's not played this, mm -hmm. uh, I realize we're glancing over a lot just because we assume most people will have played Bioshock. Yeah. Um, so the Big Daddies, used, they're these guys that are genetically modified and surgically implanted into diving suits to carry on maintenance work on the underwater city, whether that's outside or in. Yeah. Uh, so they carry rivet guns, and they have certain plasmids, I believe, to help them. That's more expanded on in Bioshock 2. Yeah, yeah. But you see one at the start of the game repairing part of Rapture before you even know they're an enemy. Yeah, yeah. Which is world really building. cool world building. It is. Yeah, it you, just shows you know their purpose immediately before you fight one. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. oh God, I, I love it. I love them so much. They're such an they're one of the most iconic enemies from a game. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. It's you know, in the utmost... as well that rabbit mask. Fuck. Yeah, it's so cool and it's so scary because the the city actually falls again for people who haven't played this. The city falls on New Year's Eve, so all these strange splices that are 
essentially addicted to editing their DNA chain. And the more they edit it, the more and more they go under. And it's, they're basically based on drug addicts, aren't they? Like they get more and more yeah. desperate to try and get more and more of this substance called Adam or Eve, depending on which one they're, they're after that evening. <laughs> that evening. That evening. Hey. hey. Yes. So essentially this game is about moral choices, isn't it? It's choosing whether yeah. to save the kids, to save people, or to hit them with golf clubs. A wrench. And a wrench. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because there is this really big socio-political thing that comes into it, yeah. which is who's right and who's wrong. You know, I don't think anyone could argue that Ryan wanting to make a better society where he's not like, you know, being encroached on by the government or religion mm -hmm. or anything to make the world he wants to make. But then you have the working class when we get into different parts of the locations in the game, it becomes apparent where you know, this idyllic kind of word, uh, world, world yeah. doesn't really exist. There's no way it can because there's always someone losing. Yeah, there's always got to be someone mopping the floors, cooking the food, or, you know, it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's it hits crazy. you pretty hard when you get to that section. Like, I, I know you've got the, the sections of the, the game written down. If you want to go through, I need to mention any of your favourites. Yeah, 100%. So, idea, like, immediately, the lighthouse is really cool. Mm -hmm. It is. Question yeah. though, how the fuck do people get to that lighthouse without a plane crashing? And don't say boats, because it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, I, I suppose yeah. you have to be on a very large boat and get dropped off. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's one bathysphere as well. So yeah, yeah, bit yeah they limit how many people can go in and out just purely because of the space limitation of the bathysphere. What you get like six people in there at a push? Maybe at a push, pushing yeah. people into it. Yeah, like you need those door. Japanese train pushers. I mean, you know, they got train that stick. Pu push me. Push, push <laughs> me in. Yes, I've been in those pack trains. It's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> Imagine you built like bent ninety degrees trying to be in it like a Tetris piece. I, I think so tall. there is a photograph of me, like against the ceiling, like that. <laughs> and it was so hot. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about some bits where. I think the world, they, they thought of not quite everything, mm -hmm. but they thought of a lot in terms of how things would work underwater. Okay. So there are some audio logs that I found really interesting in certain areas. Like when you go into, um, I think it's Neptune's Bounty, yes. I think initially, uh, where you get the incinerate thing. So incinerates one of the plasmids you can get where you can snap your fingers and you set fire to something so yes. that comes from as well earlier me saying the power is hephaestus because that's the god of fire and then you mm -hmm. got zeus who's lightning and those are the two that you get immediately at the start yes. or quite quickly um so you go into there you get the fire thing and then it all kind of progresses from there but this neptune's bounty Obviously, fish are going to be the main thing you eat. And this fishing area takes up like a huge amount of space. Yeah, it's it really interesting yeah. that they're still having to fish to a degree. Yeah. <laughs> like they've they've not got crops under there because of yeah. sunlight. They've got like some plants, which we'll get onto shortly, but Kelp. the majority of the food they work off of is fish, and they didn't just or imported stuff. But it's kind of interesting to me that, yeah, they're just like 
Predominantly fish. Here's a massive dock, and there's just fish upon fish everywhere. Everywhere. Imagine if this, all these people went insane, not actually because of the plasmids, just because of the sheer amount of mercury they were ingesting from all the fish. <laughs> it could be. Could you imagine? It's just like, <laughs> at the end. At the end, literally, like, just in one of the fucking things. Like, yeah, Adam's fine. Mercury. Yeah. That's the problem here, mate. <laughs> yeah. Freddie Mercury. That's the Freddie issue. Mercury. Down there with his moustache. Breaking free, getting out there, his little Hoover. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Hair made of bananas. Uh, Is that the right video? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Carry so, on. I don't know. Oxygen, Harrison. Where does oxygen come from? Not underwater. There we go. I didn't know if you're going to go for trees or trees. plants. I didn't expect not underwater. You're correct. Um, I guess it could. There's algae that creates... There is algae, yeah, yeah. and I think... Is it... Uh, not uh, What's the other thing? The other little tiny plankton? I think they give off oxygen. There's another kind of like microorganism that gives off plankton from the ocean. Why? I just think of fucking Spongebob every time. <laughs> um, but, okay. So, this arcade... There's a place in the game called Arcadia, which mm. is an experimental forest where there's been a doctor who's been... You know, they've got cultures of bees that go around pollinating things, which is really cool. Um, then you have the forest itself, which Andrew Ryan immediately goes, you want to fucking play this game? Bam! Poisons the fucking forest and just leaves it to die. <laughs> Fuck, I don't even <laughs> remember that. Which is so funny. It's just, you're literally talking to this doctor woman like, yo, we need help with something. And then he's just like, you fucking talk to the doctor? Bam! Poisons the entire poisons. place. Everyone's dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's ruthless. Fucked, really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see that there's just this giant forest underwater, and you yeah. forget you're in Rapture for a little bit. Yeah. And you then feel you're like you're in another around. game. Yeah, you're walking around, and then you're just like, oh shit, I'm still underwater. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> wah wah. Um, wah wah. How do they get animals? Places, uh, I think they import them. You bring them in. Oh, I understand. Okay. How many pigs can you fit in a bathosphere? At a push. <laughs> At a push. With a push. <laughs> With a push. I could fit 12 pigs. Pig, pigs like what? Two meters square if you crushed it down? That's a cube. A solid pig, pig ham pretty, cube. Yeah. I'd say I'd probably be like a meter square. Reckon? Probably less, maybe. Yeah, pigs are more than me. They're quite dense. <laughs> that was one of the best sentences I've ever heard you say. Pigs are more than me. <laughs> Pigs are more than me. They're pretty dense. It depends. Um, if you ship them in as micro pigs, those things are like real little. Yeah, but then you've got to like feed them and then you've got to bring all the food in and then uh, you can feed them fish, I suppose. Yeah, would a pig? Yeah, I don't the think a pig would eat scurvy? Um, I don't know. Do they need I'm fruit? not sure. Give them a couple of lemons. Be all right. Yeah, chuck a lemon at it. Rind <laughs> and all. <laughs> <laughs> Got a great Moving on. A pig. <laughs> Come on then, let's so, go. We've then got Fort Frolic, which is the kind of arts and cultural center. Mm -hmm. Sander uh, Cohen. Is headed up by Sander Cohen, the entertainment hub. Uh, yes. They also have gambling, they have books, they have music. It's all cool. Yes. And then Sander Cohen decides to put people into living statues. They die and then he blows up a guy on a piano because he's not very good. Big thing, uh, crazy thing. People are insane. Artists are insane in this universe. We like artists. Artists, yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, you got Hephaestus, talked about before, which is a geothermal power plant. 
which is again God of Fire. God cool of Fire. That we've got all these little things, little nods to gods, despite him not liking. Yeah, religion. Because that's one of the big things about the game is that people are smuggling in Bibles, and yep. Ryan hates that, doesn't he? So. Yeah, and it's weird that he still names everything after varying gods mm-hmm. or varying yeah. religious kind of, I guess, landmarks. Maybe it's like a mockery. Maybe he's doing it to sort of spite the gods. Yeah, maybe it's just there, like Adam and Eve, but I actually fucking made it, you loser. Yeah. <laughs> Neptune, thinking you're so good, this is where we just buy fish. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is crazy. It's just really interesting. And then, like, you've got Olympus Heights, which is the luxury apartments. Yeah. Um, you've got Apollo Square. So you've got Olympus and Apollo. Yeah. Which is, you know, a nice little parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Apollo Square is the low-income housing area. Yeah. Lovely place. So there's that. Uh, Point Prometheus. So that's the, the science, science lab, lab where Big Daddies and Little Sisters were created. Again, connotations uh, there because... Prometheus took the technology of the gods and gave it to humans. Exactly. And then the last place is just called Fontaine, which is where you have the final battle at the highest point in Rapture. I always remember the the last audio that you hear from him when when you you go into the room and he's like, I still remember when I put you into that sub. He says a sub. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) really New York. Yeah. It's, It's so good. It that really, guy really can't is. pull off a, a, an, an accent, though. He couldn't. No. He couldn't be doing that Irish accent. Or oh, bollocks. That's the one thing I don't believe about this game. <laughs> when does he say bollocks? I don't even remember. No, I think it's bollocks that he could oh, do an Irish right. accent. Ah, uh, okay. Anyone that, isn't he supposed to have been an actor or something? Yeah, I think so. I but think I, even He's got such a heavy fucking Boston accent, though. He does. Yeah, it's real, real big, yeah. It it's is. like hearing someone from like I don't know, like the deep south trying to do like French, like parlez-vous français? Français. You know what I mean, <laughs> there was a, not to I, generalize. Sorry, a really northern guy um, speaking Italian to his Italian family, yeah. and uh, he was asking if he could hold the baby, and he was like, "Can I hold Il Bambino?" <laughs> <laughs> Give it Il Bambino. Il Bambino. Uh, yeah. That's, oh, that's amazing. That's to bring up the the ending section with Fontaine, by the way, I know we, we've sort of sped oh, through that fine. section. It's fine. But that death cutscene is pretty yeah. horrific. All yeah. the little sisters climb out. They're all stabbing him. They're like, kill him, kill him, and fucking stabbing him. Yeah. Awful. Trying to drain Awful. the Adam from his body. Yeah. So the final boss turns into an Adam-infused, basically, Atlas. He's huge. He is. He He's is. fucking and that, big blue yeah. boy. Big blue boys, but lacking Schween. Like He's like Dr. Uh, Manhattan. Yeah, Mr. Dr. Manhattan, that's what I was going to say, but without without the blue Schweeness. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> he's quite cool because he's actually, not only does he look like one of the statues, like the statues that you see around Rapture, yeah. but he looks like, he said, like Atlas from the cover of the book, Atlas Shrugged, which is yeah. said to be heavy inspiration for this game, which is really cool. Yeah, amazing. So I've got a little bit of trivia for you, mm-hmm. so you know. So there's not so much you know. of it, but Lucky you. Bioshock was the third best-selling video game on the 360 in 2007, selling over 490,000 copies. Wow! Immediately, and then in 2008, Take Two announced that there had been over 2.2 million copies shipped, and that there had been over 1 million PC sales as well. Wow! So it like 3.2 in total by the end of it. 
That's pretty so, impressive. Uh, something like that, yeah. It's, yeah. it's mental. And then over Must time, obviously, everyone's played it at this point. And if yeah, you're not, definitely. really, please do. Yeah, please, please um, go go back and play it. I mean, The original it, what, <laughs> go on, PC go. install was five gigabytes. The original God. PC install, five gig. The newly remastered version, yeah. 21 gig. Jesus. The funny yeah, thing crazy. is, as well, when you play that remaster, it looks how my memory of it is. Exactly. But if you go back to try and play the PS3 or 360 version, I bet mm-hmm. it does not look very good. No, no. You probably got a lot. Well, it's going to be a lot lower res textures, isn't it? That's probably going to be the main the main instance exactly. of it. And then a, a lot less polys on all the models. The uh, A really nice thing about this is, and I'm so glad this is happening, is we're actually getting a Bioshock film that is coming to Netflix. Finally. Finally. This... This franchise has been in production hell since I think about 2006. Like for a long, long. Was it 2000? When? Oh, sorry, when was the release? 2003. Did this come out? Uh, 2007. Sorry, it came out 2000. Sorry, it would have been 2013. After Pirates of the Caribbean. Maybe it was like 2010. I think it was because Gore okay. Verbinski, who made Pirates of the Caribbean, had been signed on to make a Bioshock film for years. He was, it was supposed to be happening and nothing ever came of it. And most people presume it because it was budgeting things like to make the set of Rapture with all the water and everything would be a very expensive production to make. And it's you could only say that it takes like a studio like Netflix, someone big that's got a lot of money to put in, that's got some faith behind game-based projects like Netflix does obviously with The Witcher. Um, what else did we have? Have we got something else that's game-based? Resident Evil Raccoon City. Yeah, that was pretty good. I actually watched the first half that they did. I might finish that tonight, actually. And also, Castlevania as well. We are, there's rumors that a Metroid one done by the guys at Castlevania might be coming. That would be cool, an animated Metroid. And we also just got Cuphead, which is really good. Loving Cuphead. I I need to watch that. I'll try and watch them tonight. You will really like it. It's very much like the old 90s Sonic cartoon, but done really well like tom and jerry as well it's got that same vibe i felt like i was back in the 90s watching it as a little kid which is great and i'm glad that now all these people who may not have or won't have any instance of playing it they'll have no memory of the first game at all maybe they're not even gamers they'll get to experience rapture through the series or through the film even and see how cool of a setting it is yeah hopefully so yeah i hope they do a good job if the intro is just like the collapse during New Year's. Yeah. And then it just shows, oh, that'd be so good. Jesus yeah. Christ, I need it. I need <laughs> it. I want, I need it. I don't know. A lot of us have spoke about this before. And funny enough, we were talking about this on one of the streams that I did. A few of us was talking like, who would we want to play the characters? And it was the next day they announced the film. And then Ad- <laughs> Adam from bottom of the stream, shout out to those guys. Uh, he messaged me like, I think someone was watching your stream last night because <laughs> of you see the news. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we... I think a series would have been better. I will stand and say that I would have preferred a series from the franchise because you could do so much more. But if they do a film based on the first game, maybe we'll get a series afterwards about the rest yeah. of the world. Yeah, I'd stand by that most video game things would be better as a series. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. I think that's yeah. the way things are going anyway. But yeah, as long as it's good, I don't really care. That'll be amazing. Yes. So. Yeah, I just want to see what they do with it. Make it all practical. Do practical things. Yeah. Yeah. Practical things. <laughs> A practical man. Okay. Next okay. section. Do you think 
it lives up to the legacy, playing it again. 100% yes. <laughs> yes, good man. It's surprisingly modern, like, in how it, it plays. The only thing I had slight issue with was obviously having the hands individually equipped. Like, left hand does the, the plasmids, right hand does the guns. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was my only issue. It's, it's slightly awkward to, like, if you're playing on hard difficulties like I was, the yeah. use Stop of Stop bragging. To, no, it's... <laughs> Because you burn through Eve so quickly, the, the stuff you use for the plasmids, you're constantly, like, reloading, which you have to stab yourself in the wrist with these, like, Eve syringes. Mm -hmm. uh, the health restore doesn't take any animation, but the Eve one does, and it just... You can only get, like, three things off before you have to do it, and it's quite a long animation, too. It is, and yeah, it is. the only bit I really had. Yeah, I, I found myself, even in the gunplay, reloading quite often and getting killed because I kept... I was swearing I had ammunition left, and then I'd start reloading. I'm like, why the fuck am I reloading again? Like, I seem to burn through it really quick. Yeah. Uh, I, I did like it. It felt great, and Mike will be glad to know that I did try a little bit of keyboard and mouse for the last play I was doing the other night, which good did man. feel quite good. I'll say it did feel pretty good, but I do like on controller that the, the bumpers switch between guns and plasmids i think that's really nice yeah. it's just like yeah it's it feels really responsive um i'm trying to think of anything else in the gameplay there's hacking as well the hacking of the machines is quite a novel concept where the water goes through the pipe and you've got to build the pipe way to let the water through to hack things i think that's yeah. really cool i do um, like the really weird backgrounds they have when you're hacking as well but you yeah. don't have a lot of time to like pay attention to them because you're hacking. No, you don't. I know. Did you? Uh, I'm I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. So all the little shop things and vendors, they all talk to you. Yeah. Specifically, the circus of value. Yeah. Come back does... when you cut some money, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> does that or does that not sound like Ned Flanders? I no, I don't it think does. so. I... It reminds me of fucking... Even my brother said it. He was like, it a circus of value. <laughs> it reminds me of Arthur Fleck. That's all I can think of. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that as well. I'll give you that. Sorry. Like I, I don't, I don't agree, but I can I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that other people are going to agree with you. I hope so. Like, Jordan, if, if you, you agree, fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine by me. Yeah. Stupid Feels like I'm wearing blast. nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I think it totally lived up. I, yeah. I'm going to be playing it again at some point. But. Yeah, this is one of those games to pull off the shelf at random increments, and uh, yeah, when you want to experience the city of Rapture again. Uh, this is a yeah. game that I hope if I have kids at any point in the future, that I can be like, let's play something <laughs> opposed to the past. Scary. Yeah, let's, go, let's <laughs> do this. Let's do this. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to put you in a water lock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay. And then he'll, he'll be like, but dad, I don't want to play this game. And I'll be like, you have no choice. And that's the irony in this. <laughs> <laughs> dad, you didn't learn anything from the game. You didn't learn anything from the game. Shut up. <laughs> play the game, you little shit. <laughs> and you pick him up. Would and then you he goes, no. And then you suck out the atom out of his head. And then he looks terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it gets worse. And he's like, oh, put it back. Put it back. <laughs> Uh, okay. okay i think we're done thank yes. you very much for listening guys and uh this game's definitely a classic for me it is 100 percent. 
Hundred percent. I have think, to agree. I didn't think it was worth asking you because I know it's no, going to. You be. You know that this is going to be an alpha buratic burrito classic. You nearly said my classic I again. I didn't thought you? it. I thought it really strongly. <laughs> yeah, it's so difficult. Anyone at home listening or on the bus mm-hmm. or whatever, say out loud alpha burratic burrito, and then try just the thing of Mc classic for some McClassic. reason. Yeah. Just try. It always tries to come through when I say it. Let me know what you think. Send us a recording of you saying it yeah, and yeah. then struggling. And we're just going to get a load of one classic. <laughs> and people like Alphabetic Burrito Classic. What are you guys on about? Yeah, you fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, is there a McDonald's McClassic? Is that, is that a thing? Is that why we're trying to... I don't think so. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. American Friends. Because I, maybe, I, I've eaten a lot of McDonald's semi-recently. So semi recently, <laughs> hence I'm not showing my lower body. It's <laughs> <laughs> horrendously sized from just the <laughs> from the armpits down. <laughs> my arms are so muscular, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but my stomach so fat. Um, right, so thank you everyone for listening. Let's get away from that subject. Yes. Harrison, where can they find you? You can find me at Has Wild everywhere. Where can they find you, Jordan? At the Mr. John Core on Twitter. That's right. I think. Yeah, yes, that's, the that's one. right. Yes. Where can they find the show? You can find the podcast everywhere at Grief Burrito on all the socials. And you can find our new super special spooky project that is the evolution through plasmids of Spooky Burrito. It is the Federal Bureau of Weird. And that is now on YouTube and our first ghost investigation recorded live on location with Connor the T Boy. Is now there for you to watch. I ran out of breath towards the end of that. <laughs> I don't know if you can oh, tell. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great fun. So uh, please check out that and subscribe to that channel and the Burrito channel as well. You can find it all in the playlists below this one and it'll come up in the next suggested videos, I presume. I presume, he says. Presume, presume, he says. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. So thank you very much for listening. Let us know what you thought of Bioshock and if you played it semi-recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some of you must have because... You must have, I don't know, fucking you must logic. Have. Yes. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, when, yes. When are we picking C on Twitter? Yes. Yes. Well, that's we how this that, works. Keep an eye out for that on Twitter and in the Discord or on the Patreon where you'll get choices to vote on stuff. The next letter is C and we'll be deciding on our next game for the Burrito Classic. Let us know what you want us to play and we'll do it. Farewell. 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 <laughs>